0: Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. Today, Jean-Paul Jaegers, Head of Investment Strategy, and Mike Haslam, Head of Funds Distribution, discuss the escalating trade war between the US and China, safe havens for investments, and how best to avoid reading too much into day-to-day news headlines.
1: Welcome to Word on the Street. My name is Mike Haslam, and this is where I get the opportunity to look back and review the week, uh, focusing on the main stories that have been making the headlines. And to help me guide along this path, I'm joined by Jean-Paul Yeager, Head of Investment Strategy at Barclays Investment Solutions. Uh, Thank you for your time, JP. So this week, the main stories are dominating. Well, there's really only one that's dominating the financial press, and that is a whole US Uh, China trade tension. And there has been marked volatility across global stock markets. So JP, it's been 329 days now since the US slapped its first tariffs on Chinese imported washing machines. Can you give us a quick update on where we are today?
0: Hello, Mike. Uh, Yes, of course. So earlier this month, we've seen President Trump increase tariffs to cover 200 billion of US dollars of Chinese imports. China retaliated uh, and now we hear comments on the U.S. side that they're not ready for a deal yet. We hear comments on the Chinese side to say, well, soy imports from the U.S. have been put on hold. And last night we even had President Trump also announce tariffs on Mexican goods. Does it feels like the U.S. and China are digging in their heels.
1: I was also reading this week how China has hinted that its rare earth minerals could be used as a bargaining chip. So just a quick explanation on rare earth minerals. So this is a list of 17 elements that are actually quite abundant across the globe, but they're really only accessible and only mined in China. And these elements are used in everything from DVDs and rechargeable batteries to mobile phones and catalytic converters. And these are essential to the U.S., not just across consumer goods, but also across uh, within their defense industry. Uh, rare earth minerals are used in areas such as laser-guided missiles, night vision goggles, radar defense systems, etc. So imagine if China stopped exporting these in retaliation. Some are saying that this could be China's nuclear option. What do you think, JP?
0: There's been a lot of speculation about what China can do. Uh, of course, it all makes great news headlines. Uh, Anything from threatening to slow down customs and devaluing the currencies to selling down the one trillion uh, holdings of U.S. government bonds. And now the rumor about rare earth minerals. Uh, to be honest, there is nothing for certain. If anything, it just highlights how complicated the global trade web is.
1: So is this just one big game of chicken you know, to see who me- who moves first?
0: You could describe it as as a high-stakes poker. Of course, both sides realize that the cost of trade tensions will be felt on both sides. And it's not in anyone's interest to push the global economy out of kilter. However, there are some voices in Washington that say that short-term pain is required to get long-term gain. Where the threshold sits, and to what extent each side is willing to go, remains unclear. However, from the beginning, most investors thought that a deal would be struck, and so far we've only seen further escalation.
1: But the market does seem worried. And this week, you know, we, we've seen some pretty sizable movements in global um, stock market. And the blame seems to be focused um, solely on the U.S.-China trade conflict and the um, um, uh, potential consequences of that leading to some kind of global slowdown or even recession.
0: Well, we have seen that there is a mix where economic data in some parts of the world has been weaker than most analysts expected. Uh, We've seen central banks have become more cautious, and some central banks even have cut policy rates. If you then get news headlines with further escalation on the trade conflict, then indeed it takes very little for equity investors to become more nervous.
1: So looking at markets this week, um, I read a headline in the FT that said, and I quote, market jitters Prompt surge in demand for safe-haven assets. So safe-haven assets, JP, What is, what is a safe-haven asset?
0: Well, there, there isn't really a safe-haven. It depends a little bit on your definition and what you're looking for. Is it an asset you can hold in your portfolio that increases in price when most risky assets drop in value? Or is it an asset that does not drop in value when other assets do? In the last case, you may even just as well hold cash where you don't run the risk of any asset price swings. Take, for example, the Swiss franc, which is seen as a store of value and safe. We have noticed in, in the last one, one and a half years that you see price swings of about 5 to 6% in a short space of time. Is this really a safe haven?
1: Okay, so what about bonds, though? Bonds are a safe haven asset, aren't they? Uh,
0: not really. It, it, think about how they move when stocks drop. So generally speaking, one would expect that bond prices rise when stock prices significantly drop and that's something we've seen late last year and actually seen in the most recent month as well. But there have been cases in just last year, in January, where the S&P 500 dropped more than 10% while bond prices dropped too. Or in October when stock markets dropped more than 5% and interest rates barely moved. It all depends on what's driving it, is it monetary policy, is it inflation. Also if you think about the availability of safe bonds, we have seen that the universe of triple-rated uh, bonds has shrunk over time due to downgrades by rating agencies.
1: So triple rated, what's that? A rated. So these are what? The very highest rated bonds. So if you think, I guess, of bonds as being safe, if you want the safest, it's a triple A bond.
0: Exactly. As a result of the few available options, they have become very expensive and provide investors with a negative yield to maturity. Does investors currently pay a premium to hold these assets. It's an expensive asset that may potentially pay off in a market sell-off, or in the scenario of deflation, but would lose money if the world doesn't change, or if at any moment we start to see some kind of inflation or credit concerns. Is that the definition of safe?
1: Okay, so maybe not as their own, but they obviously have a place within a diversified portfolio. Um, What about gold? Surely gold is a safe haven asset.
0: Just look at this month, stock markets dropped more than 5% while the price of gold barely moved. If flat is good enough, then perhaps it's better to hold cash because there you don't have any risk with price swings. Also, over longer periods of time, during crisis, we've seen that there are instances where the price of gold have actually declined over that prolonged period during a crisis. If investors become really worried, they they can, of course, buy gold, but often they can just as well buy any other real asset. Remember that gold doesn't offer any yield or earnings. If you buy something into your portfolio, it should be sufficiently attractive in terms of expected returns to hold it for the long run as well. So what do I
1: do then? Because I read these headlines and if I'm being honest, I just wanna panic. You know, I want to do something.
0: Well, there's always something to be worried about, be it global recession, Brexit, European elections, trade war. It's well documented that investors tend to hurt. And that's often because they overreact to current news headlines. They let the emotions come into play. Just stay invested and diversified. It might be even that in a few years we look back and it's just a blip in the rearview mirror.
1: Just a blip, really? Are you
0: sure? Uh, Events are always important and we realize that the events we currently see on the world stage are putting in reverse some of the trends we've seen for the last few decades. But we also know that events come and go. There is a very interesting phenomenon that in the literature is called retrospection bias. This is something like nostalgia. Humans tend to look back at history with misty eyes and see the past in a more benign, disproportionately more positive light. Current events are very visible because we read about it every single day. It somehow feels there is an unusually high level of uncertainty. But think for a moment about the Cold War, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Nixon impeachment proceedings, just to name a few examples. Those were times of extreme uncertainty. But here we see only one, often logical, outcome. We don't feel the uncertainty of the past. Perhaps the past is not as positive and the current not as negative as most politicians and generals make us believe.
1: So just stay invested?
0: Yes, in investing is for the long run, compounding returns in a well-diversified portfolio. And always question, where as investors do I have the edge? What expectations are reflected in asset prices? Does this event actually matter for this asset? Short-term market timing is hard leave that to a team of experts and just stay invested across a broad range of assets for the long run.
1: JP, as always, you make it sound so simple. Um, I'm always seem to be worried about something and it just sounds obvious. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, Speak soon.
0: Please be aware that past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and you could lose some or all of your money. This podcast does not
1: constitute an investment recommendation.